the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show on this Friday Eve. Thank Jesus. Thank you indeed. And speaking of thanking Jesus, before I get into tonight's show, got to remind everybody today is National Day of Prayer, which was signed into law by President Harry S. Truman, I believe in 1952. And then... uh, our man, Ronnie Reagan, President Reagan, uh, made it the first Thursday in the month of May. And I believe that was back in, I don't remember, 88 maybe? It went, no, it couldn't have been 88. Yeah, it might have been 88. So anyway, happy National Day of Prayer. Before I get into the show, I want to give a shout out to Ben Montoya, Downtown Partnership, Downtown Fellowship of Churches and Ministries for inviting me for the fourth year in a row to be Master of Ceremonies at the National Day of Prayer. And today we had it at Ruoco Park in downtown San Diego. Thought, man, I woke up and it was pouring rain and I thought, oh goodness, you know, are we going to have good turnout? How is it going to be? And I got to tell you, it was an absolutely... As always, a tremendous blessing. Such an honor to be there. Met some great listeners to the Andrea K. Show, just surrounded by, there's just something about being surrounded by Christians, lifting their hands up and voices up in prayer. Great, great minister worship today. Great leaders from the San Diego community. Just a phenomenal prayer warrior, by the way, from Todd Gloria's office was there. Uh, representatives from different industry sectors from representing homelessness. Our friend, um, from, um, uh, who's an immigration lawyer. I'm not sure if I should name people's names here on the show. But anyway, uh, Esther Valdez Clayton, I might as well say it because she's a personal friend and, and hero of mine. But anyway, it was just a tremendous event today. And the highlight of it, I've got to tell you guys, was a, a group of ladies called the Korean Intercessors that apparently this group 50 years ago at, uh, have been praying for our nation going back 50 years ago from, when Billy Graham did one of his Billy Graham, I think they used to call him crusades over in South Korea. And I believe they were there. And since then, South Korea has been a Christian nation. And these gals from the Korean intercessors were there today. And this, they were the, the hearts, the passion they had for the Lord as they prayed over, they brought a map of the United States of America and had us all hold up this map as they prayed over the United States of America in 
Korean. I grew up in the deep south going to Southern Baptist churches, and I've never been to a tent revival where people prayed with that kind of passion, that kind of excitement, that kind of dedication to restore America, to revive Christians and revive this nation. And haven't seen anything like it before, and it was absolutely amazing. So uh, we ought, ought to continue to pray like those ladies did on behalf of this nation. And it's also a call to action, as the gal from Mayor Gloria's uh, office said, that we need to be doers of the word, not just readers and, and speakers of, of, of the word. So blessing for me to be there today. I do think this country, this nation can be saved. I don't think it's too far gone, but I think that we as Christians got to get active. And that's one of the things that I've changed on my show here. Instead of it just being uh, about speaking words and about complaining, it's it, it we got to get active in doing. And of course, that means uh, prayer. Of course, it means as a Christian being in the word. Um, but the Lord says he's going to meet us where we are. And we got to bring something of ourselves to the equation. Because let me tell you, this is a battle of good versus evil. And when I get into tonight's topics, you will see that evil is fighting harder to take control of this nation than we are against it. Before I go any further, got to bring in this man. It's DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. We're putting the interests of America first. They're part of a long American tradition of proving democracy's critics wrong, of showing that we have the courage to stand up for what is right and what is necessary. And I played that one tonight, Andrea, because that's actually what it's going to take. It takes a mm-hmm. whole lot of courage, and you got to stand up. And as Christians, we're going to need to be courageous in the Lord. We can't be because the pressure is going to be on us. We are going to be persecuted if we are openly Christian in this country. And we have to have we have to have enough courage to speak the truth against the evils that's going on in, in this nation. And so it, that's a great clip to play for tonight. We're actually streaming tonight on Facebook Live. And as I look at myself, memo to me, when you're out in a public event that's very windy, think about brushing your hair later on in the day. Could have my hair could have used a brush. (laughs) Um, But anyway, if you are watching on Facebook Live, please do share the Facebook live stream. Keep those comments rolling. I'm going to try to read some of those throughout tonight's show. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. In fact, you can give us a call 888-344-1170-888-344-1170. I have been saying for years Going back to 2017, that Donald Trump will be indicted. They will find something to indict him on. One other person who was very early on in predicting that, very few have. And one other person was Julie Kelly from AM Greatness. And she has been the journalist documenting what has gone on in terms of Jan 6 and the various lawsuits and persecutions and prosecutions of Jan 6 defendants in, in combination with the Fed surrection, the, um, the Fed napping plot of, of Gretchen Whitmer and more as to how the Department of Justice has been weaponized in order to get President Trump indicted. And we have breaking news today that gets us just that much closer to there. Oh, I forgot to mention, feel free to email me throughout the show. Very few people have been watching every Every day of all of these trials, and Julie Kelly has, and the, today there were uh, verdicts, of course, it, it, none of these trials should have taken place in D.C. The fix was absolutely in. In D.C., we have a Amer- let's just let's rewind una momento. Let's rewind to the fact that we had, after Jan 6, American citizens rounded up 
Laws changed afterwards specifically to be able to round up even more people to then be thrown into jails in the United States of America and being denied their constitutional rights as defendants, denied speedy trials, denied exculpatory evidence that the Department of Justice had, being denied bail, being denied medical care. We've had that going on in this country. There's been different groups. There was the, uh, the, we had verdicts today in the Proud Boys. There's been a lot of individual cases. There was the Oath Keepers. And today we had uh, verdicts on the Proud Boys. And today, four members of the Proud Boys were found guilty of seditious conspiracy and other charges. It took them six days of deliberation. Um, there was a couple of cases that were deadlocked, but all five were found guilty of obstruction of an official proceeding. And if case you have forgotten what obstruction of an official proceeding is, that's like um, all the code pink women that w- would would come into uh, various committee hearings and disrupt those proceedings or when all the uh, Me Too movement people would rush in and remember they broke into Congress or no, wherever they were ha- yeah th- in Congress during the Kavanaugh hearings right remember there was breaking and entering there involving there remember how they were chasing members of Congress down hallways to confront them on abortion those were all examples of obstruction of official proceedings but nobody else has been charged with any of this except those on Jan 6. Conspiracy to prevent an officer from discharging any duties. We've seen that happen time and time again by various groups. Just the difference is they're Democrats. Obstruction of law enforcement during a civil disorder. One count of destruction of government property. Um, According to Julie Kelly, until 2022, no American had been convicted convicted of the post-Civil War statute that has to do with uh, these charges. But Joe Biden's Justice Department seized on the law's vague language, the same manner in which top officials weaponized an untested post-Enron evidence tampering felony to criminalize political dissent. Six members of the Oath Keepers were found guilty of seditious conspiracy at two separate trials and four other defendants, including one of the members of of Proud Boys, have pled guilty to the offense. Both seditious conspiracy and obstruction of of an official proceeding are felonies punishable by up to 20 years in prison each. One defense attorney described the Justice Department's case as fairy dust. Nicholas Smith, who represents Nordine, told the jury last week during closing arguments that the case was held together by paper clips and rubber bands. And according to Julie Kelly, who's watched every day of, these, of this four-month trial, that's absolutely the case. The fix was in in, the, in a variety of different ways, not just the venue, but a former federal prosecutor and Trump appointee acted as an extra lawyer for the prosecution. Yes, a Trump appointee. They routinely rubber-stamped government motions that made the convictions ripe for appeal. He repeatedly denied the defendants' release from jail, who have been under... Uh, who've been in custody under pre-trial detention orders since 2021 while refusing to move the trial out of D.C. Uh, 
the fix goes on. At least one court observer noted the judge's troubling political bias. Six jurors had participated in liberal-leaning protester marches, while none mentioned conservative-leaning demonstrations. So we clearly did not have a jury of their peers. The protest included in two cases women's marches, in two cases anti-gun marches, and in four cases protests relating to Black Lives Matter or George Floyd's Matter. So we had we had far left activist anti-Trump people. What were these what were these women marches? They were all anti-Trump marches. Remember the summer of 2020 and Black Lives Matter? Those were the people that breached the White House. Donald Trump had to be had to be rushed out to to an underground bunker. And some of these people, the jurors, had participated in that. They withheld evidence. So much of their evidence relied on text messages and different um, communications that nobody was able to determine how many of them were by the FBI informants. She goes on to say that that uh, defense attorneys um, were forced to, quote, pre-clear cross-examination questions related to the use of FBI informants. So they couldn't ask any questions in cross-examination of the FBI informants without clearing them through the judge first. Unacceptable. This is this is the fix was clearly in. Uh, he re- and the judge refused a defense subpoena to bring in Ray Epps. Remember the little and 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 isn't it a coincidence that right before the jury went out to deliberate this case, Ray Epps was was in a 60 minutes interview on a feature uh, in which they proceeded to show him to be a victim of conspiracy when he's in, in video after video of him being the one urging people to break into the Capitol. So why why would the government go through all this effort because for how long have we been saying there was no there is this clearly wasn't a case of an insurrection. Nobody was armed. Right. Why would that? Where where was where was all this insurrection stuff? Nobody was armed. It wasn't coordinated. Trump didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, you for you're forgetting uh, Pelosi had uh, her desk was violated. Well, it's even I think that the reason why. See, it's interesting because the DeSantis people, let me say it this way, the DeSantis people are saying that the left and the DOJ and the FBI are still going after Trump because they know he's the one that they can beat. And if they continue to go after him, that it will ensure that he's the nominee on the ticket. That's about the dumbest take I've ever heard in my entire life. Today's jury verdict sets the stage for Donald J. Trump to be tried for sedition. And that, I predict, will happen. This is a dark day in the United States of America. We're going to take a break and we come back. I'm going to explain to you a little bit more as to why this verdict, this kangaroo court is in place and how it's going to lead to Donald Trump's indictment and persecution. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Frank for San Diego's on the line. He's got a little prayer for us on this National Day of Prayer. Hi, Frank. Hello, Andrea. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. 
Yeah, let me. I, I got this for you. Okay. Guide me by your wisdom. Correct me with your justice. Mm-hmm. Comfort me with your mercy. Mm. Protect me with your divine power. Amen. Yes. It's been a while since you, I recognize that voice, Frank. It's been too long since you've called in, my dear. Yes. It, that, it's just. That's me rebuking you. so many things are going on. <laughs> this is true. Um, but thank you for I, calling. I wanted to the, mention the, uh-huh. you know, the Marine in New York City. What is going wrong with our country? I mean, they're sending troops down to the border to do paperwork. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And this Marine, this Marine protected people from that. I don't know what you would call that human being, and now he's going to get crucified for that. Yeah, I don't know that they filed charges um, yet against him. I think that um, it's going to happen. I think that Eric Adams and uh, Alvin Bragg are probably trying to figure out what to do because the problem is is that it's going to cause an outroar, kind of like when the bodega owner got got attacked and defended himself um, and ended up taking a life. For those who don't know the story, thank you for calling, Frank. Um, but I was yes, going to love give, you guys. Love you too. Thanks for calling in. I was going to save this story to a little bit later, but it's kind of similar to Donald Trump has to do with law and order and two sets of laws in this country. I mean, you see the amount of time and money and effort by our Department of Justice to try to bring down and our Department of Justice, you know, including uh, local DA's offices, U.S. attorney's offices, as well as the Fed at the federal level to try to bring down one man for politics in the same token uh, they are intentionally allowing and encouraging and enabling and unleashing a crime wave on us and the plan is and it's a and and and, and it's designed for a couple reasons it's designed to create anarchy it's it's designed to um as a, as a form of reparations uh for african-american community that's how they're presenting it um like when you think about the the mayor-elect for chicago when the the mob of young black men attacked this white woman he said you know, they you we see it all over the place that, you know, oh, there's a prison pipeline. We, we, we you know, we can't. He actually said that black people shouldn't be arrested anymore in Chicago because it's really because they've been victimized. Black people have been victimized in this country. So what does that tell you? They view not charging people, black people with crimes as a form of reparations. Right. But ultimately and then and then we are not allowed to defend ourselves. I said when Kyle Rittenhouse was charged. That wasn't just about a second Amer- a, a, an amendment case. It was really about putting self-defense on trial, that you as white Americans are not allowed to defend yourself. This percentage of the population over here, this part of the population is allowed to rage whatever terror they want on you, physically, emotionally, mentally, screaming, threats, etc., with knives, guns, whatever, and you're supposed to sit back and take it. And Kyle Rittenhouse didn't. He was out there legally armed to defend a neighborhood, defend businesses. And when he was attacked, he used his legally owned gun to defend himself. And what happened today, we also saw the case of that happening in in Texas. And what happened today or, or yesterday on the subway was there was a man, a young black man who had been arrested 42 times. 42 times he had been arrested. One time he was arrested because he punched a 64-year-old white woman and smacked her head to the ground on a subway. Another time he attacked a 60-something-year-old white man. 
Another time he was arrested for dragging a seven-year-old down the street. He has repeatedly, and according to even yesterday before the subway situation, there were four or five phone calls to 911 about this young black man harassing people and threatening people around the subway. So this U.S. Marine decides he's going to put him in a chokehold. And you know what? He ended up being choked out. And you know what? Should I say it? Should I say it? I ain't got a problem with it. I do not have a problem with it. There's no place for anarchy in this country, and that Marine stood up and did something about it. That's right. What, was he supposed to sit back, as Clay Travis said today, that the smart thing to do is to not do anything? Yeah, I'm calling you out, Clay Travis. That's supposed to be the smart thing to do, because, you know, he even said if he was sitting there with his wife and his kid, he wouldn't do anything because that person might have a gun or a weapon or whatever. Oh, okay. No, that's not what you do. Now, officials are saying in New York that we can't have a Bernie Getz situation. Bernard Getz, was that his name? I watched a documentary on that recently because I really wasn't that familiar with it. Skins, if you can Google that for me. Bernie Getz, I think, he killed some some, uh, punks on, on a subway. I don't remember if he did time or not. Um, but you know, they're like, now we can't have vigilantes. We can't have vigilantes in this country. Well, you know what? Why not? If you're not going to do your job as a government, yeah, Bernard gets Bernard gets, if you're not going to do your job as a government and protect us, if you're going to spend all your time with law enforcement from the FBI and on and the intelligence community and DA's offices and U.S. attorneys, if you're not going to do your job in protecting us, you're not going to prosecute. You're going to downgrade all these people. You're going to do no bail and put them back out on the streets. You're dang right. I'm going to defend myself. And when somebody's threatening to stab somebody like he was today or threatening to blank people up, what we're just supposed to sit back and take it? No. Now, do I think that there's a possibility that there could be um, some uh, punishment for the fact that he didn't just subdue him? This young man lost his life. But to charge him with murder? This isn't murder. He restrained him to stop him from attacking people. Alec Baldwin in charge with anything for killing a woman on a set, even though it was involuntary manslaughter, in my opinion, or if not, you know, homicide. So this guy's going to get charged for trying to protect the public while Alec Baldwin didn't. It's time for us to have. And of course, you know, it's time for us to have some real a real justice system here in this country. Um, but at least Helena Hutchins wasn't supposed to feel unsafe on the, on a movie set, right? There was, there was, she wasn't, that's even worse in a sense. Well, it's far worse. She wasn't, you know, she was just cinematographer and she gets shot in Alec Baldwin. No charges whatsoever. No. A vigilante. I, you know, I never watched Death Wish. Does anybody remember that movie Death Wish with uh, Carl, was it Carl Bronson? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they did a remake of it, too. I never saw that. But, you know, it's not my, not my cup of tea, but now it makes me want to watch it. Um, because isn't that what and, and uh, I think I think Queen Latifah has a TV show out that's kind of this kind of based on that premise as well. You know, look, if the government and, and I'm not saying that I support anybody, let me be clear. 
I don't support anybody going around with a gun just trying to look to see who they can take off the streets. I'm glad you said that because somebody's going to misconstrue what you said. Right. Saying. No, what I'm saying is, because, and that's why I brought up that movie because I'm not even sure I even really know what a vigilante is and that really came about from that movie. What I'm talking about is you have the right to defend yourself against somebody. And, and I am tired of seeing videos of young women being raped, young women being assaulted, and no man standing up for them. And when somebody is threatening to attack somebody, I'm wishing there would be more men with the courage to not be like Clay Travis and actually stand up and say, you back off. you got three seconds to turn around and step in the other direction, man, or I'm going to take you down. Somebody needs to be defending us. We have the right to to self-defense in this country. There is assault and battery. Assault is the threat. Did you guys know that? We, we, you know, I had to learn that at LSU. You think of assault as, as the physical attack. No, that's battery. Assault is the threat of it. So I suggest that this man today or yesterday did the right thing and that he was under assault. Other, and other people were and he took him down. Gonna take a break. We come back. And real quickly, before yeah. before we break, that's exactly what our what the government's trying to do. They're trying to say you don't have the right to defend yourself. They're trying exactly. to get us cowering in fear. Exactly. So the bad guys can just run around and do whatever they want to do, and the rest of us have no options. That's about trying to get us to submit to the government. They want to they want to change our culture and they got a lot of they got a lot of progress out of it when people were like, sure, I'll put a mask on my face and yeah, I'll shut my business down and I'll do and I'll stick my arm out and I'll do whatever you want me to do. What do you guys think? Do you support what this Marine did? New York Post had an article out and said, you know, and by the way, AOC and the left, of course, is trying to make this guy out to be a hero and a victim. Not the Marine. But the young black man. Actions have consequences. And when you go around attacking people and assaulting people and threatening people, others should be able to defend themselves against you. He was a menace, 40, arrested 42 times. You drag a seven-year-old down the street. Locked up for life. Yeah. Going to take a break. We come back. Going to get back to talking about Trump and the impending indictment, in my opinion. Stay tuned. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. The reason why they've put all this time and dedication and using this obscure, never, n- never before used seditious charge against these people is because... They will bolster the special counsel, Jack Smith's ongoing investigation into Trump for similar charges. They are connecting. See, for how long have we been saying, like I was saying earlier, our our argument's been this was obviously not an insurrection. Trump didn't tell, Trump told everybody to march peacefully. Um, you could see on the video. Of course, they had to hide the video from us until Tucker showed us the truth about uh, the video that wasn't edited, right? And our argument has been, you know, where's the charges of insurrection? They had, there was no insurrection. 
it was a bunch of trespassers, right? And a few people breaking glass. So they had to try to trump up and find a bigger charge that they could, could then connect to Trump. And that's what this is all about. Trump was mentioned, I don't know how many times in this four month trial. And once they were able to convict Oath Keepers and particularly Proud Boys of Sedition, that's how they're going to bring down Trump. And they played over and over apparently in this trial. Trump, um, the comment that he made in during the September 2020 presidential debate for the Proud Boys to quote, stand back and stand by as a call to action. Um, and this was in the debate, I believe, with the Chris, Chris Wallace debate in which it was, um, and I don't think that that was the best answer he could give, but, and, and it's, and also begs the question why, you know, I've been saying for a while, I, I don't disagree with him at this point, not wanting to, to continue to do debates with certain people. He shouldn't have done this one. And we'll get to it in, in a moment. We're going to be talking about the breaking news, the shocking email that came out today, which really isn't that shocking, but it's the smoking gun of the 51 so-called intelligence community dudes who signed on to a letter all saying that, that the Hunter Biden laptop story smelled of Russian disinformation. Well, there's a there was a, an email that has been revealed that shows that their intention of that was to give talking points to Joe Biden in the debates. So we know these debates are cooked and we're going to get to more of that in a, in a moment. But Because Trump said in that meeting, oh, well, what would you say to the, you know, continuing the lie, going back to 2016, that MAGA is about a white supremacy movement, continuing the lie that in Charlottesville that Trump had said there's good people on both sides of the white supremacists. He didn't. So, um, you know, Trump makes a statement in the debate. I, I would say to the Proud Boys, stand back and stand by as a call to action. Well, what does that mean? Even though he he shouldn't have said that because it you know it it could be interpreted and used against him in September of 2020. Did anybody have any idea what was going to happen on January 6? And how in the world can you connect that and blame Trump? Trump wasn't of all the text messages and emails and communications that was supposedly going on with the Proud Boys, much of which was in, was the FBI informants, and that was withheld from the jury. Was Trump in any of that? Was there one text message of Trump telling anybody to do anything about breaching anything and going anywhere? There is by Ray Epps, Hayes on video, and the judge wouldn't even allow him to be called in as a witness. I still don't understand. I know we've talked about it until we're blue in the face, Andrea. I don't understand how much more explanation the left needs on March peacefully and patriotically. Well, because what they're saying is, is Trump saying that now Now they're going back to September 2020. This is a very orchestrated takedown job by the Department of Justice. Very complicated using this is why shame on Sean Hannity forever saying it was just a few people at the top. This this corrupt U.S. government goes very, very deep all the way down to the bottom, in my opinion. We've had what one FBI whistleblower willing to come out and go and, and quit and go against these people. You know, um, should be half the department. Yeah, if, if not more than that. 
So um, as let's see, as what um, Andrew Weissman said, who should have lost his law license after if you read Sidney Powell's book, License to Lie, after it, it, you know, the case that he was involved in persecuting uh, one of the big one of the big three, I think it was accounting firms in Texas that was that case was overturned. It, It was too late. The company was destroyed. Andrew Weissman should have never kept his law license, but he was one of uh, Robert Mueller's henchmen. He said today, uh, this was a huge win for the government and our democracy, um, our democracy, domestic terrorist group unleashed by the former president held to account. He said it makes charging the leader of the seditious conspiracy one Donald J. Trump imperative. And I believe that he will be charged. It's no coincidence um, that this was taking place during um, this Smith's investigation. We had Mike Pence last week appear before a D.C. grand jury. And of course, you know, Mike Pence is not anybody of that I respect. And I don't care. He can wave his Bible all day, all day long. That doesn't mean anything to me. Um, what he says that that's meaningless to me. I look at people's actions and, and I make, I draw conclusions from there, not about anybody's faith, um, but just in terms of who I trust and who I think has you know how I trust the least out of everybody that's running for president in 24. You, you could not pay me. Well, and I'm glad, but Mike Pence, yeah. bottom of the ticket. Right. Absolutely. You know who's actually, I said this, and I'm going to take a break, and then we'll get into this uh, shocking, breaking news involving uh, James, uh, uh, John Brennan and, and James Clapper about that letter that was signed by the 51, quote, intelligence officials regarding the Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, but I saw another clip from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. today. I don't remember what show he was on, and he was talking about how this election needs to be about individual freedoms. Let me tell you guys something. I have uh, I have been more impressed by Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s. First of all, I, I tweeted out today that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running a far better campaign than Ron DeSantis' shadow campaign has by been. By far. By far. By far. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running a far better campaign for president as most better than most Republicans have in the past for any level of office. Do I agree with him on a lot of issues? No, but right now, let me tell you, he's right on a heck of a lot. And I and would I would I vote for him? I let me tell you, I would vote for him right now over some republic. You think I would I would vote for him over Mitt Romney? 100%. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Tell me tell me why I shouldn't. Make the argument. 888-344-1170. Well, because I'll tell you why you would. Because from what I have seen, RFK, again, not perfect. Again, don't agree on a lot. He stands more for individual freedom than Romney does. Yeah. Right. And you know what? He's no more He's no more anti-Second Amendment or, big or, or pro-climate uh, change crap than half the Republican Party either. So, you know, don't be adding me on that. Going to take a break. We come back. I am going to share thanks to uh, justthenews.com who got the email that's breaking news today and should have some heads rolling and some people doing some perp walks. We're going to share that with you. We'll come back. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. And the way that we can destroy them, they called stamp them out and choke them, 
in this memo, they use those phrases, is to deny them platforms on the social media sites because those, those platforms, they, you know, the, vi- the, the viral movement of these news stories is critical for the business models of those smaller news providers. So what they said is anybody who departs from the official, from the trusted news, which is the official government narratives of WHO, CDC, and the White House, and Anthony Fauci and NIH, we will make sure to identify them and to make sure that they are not given a platform. He's right on so many issues from censorship to the shots to uh, the deep state as well as individual liberties. And um, but Jack from Oceanside's on the line says he's got he's got a reason why we should not support RFK Jr. Got to keep it quick with you tonight, my friend, because I got to get into this uh, story about Brennan and Clapper. But tell us what you want to say about RFK Jr. Well, I like his position on a lot of the issues like you. Mm-hmm. But I want a president that projects power. He sounds old and sickly. I've never heard anybody, including himself, discuss what exactly his ailment is. But I've researched it years ago. I researched it, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, it it's, it's an ailment that attacks the vocal cords. Yeah. So I'm just saying that it's so, uh, perception is so important when you're president, and you want a president that can project power to foreign leaders and to its own citizens. And I just don't think he can get that job done. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying I support him for president. So I just think by comparison, the, there's a reason why the Democrat Party is trying to silence him. And they're editing out when he does interviews on ABC. And the Democrat Party saying they don't want to have debates. I was super excited when he threw his, his, his name in the ring because I watch him a lot on one of my favorite TV shows, which is Joni Table Talk on Daytime TV, which is a Christian show, which has been at the forefront. And, and a lot of good content, a lot of people on there and uh, talking about uh, things related to individual liberty and freedom and i think that you agree with me to the average person he sounds old and yes absolutely so um but i think that got to leave it there frank because i got to get into this other story um but my point with him has been you know he, he is a democrat when the idea of him being on the VP ticket with Trump, uh, Steve Bannon floated it. People were all hysterical by it. Oh, my gosh. He's a Democrat. I think it's a great move. He's farther to the right than most of our party. How can you how can you be that hysterical over that? And he's I think an it would be a good Democrat. move. Yeah. And, 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 and part of the reason why I like the idea and part of the reason why I liked him in is because the pressure it puts on the Democrat Party, it shows, it highlights how insane that party has become. Exactly why they don't want debates. Exactly. All right. So um, we all know that when uh, the suppression of big tech and legacy media and all, when Miranda Devine came out with her New York Post article about the Hunter Biden laptop, the quote, uh, the article called The Laptop from Hell. So shortly after, a letter came out signed by 51 intelligence officials saying this just reeks of um, uh, um, Russian 
disinformation because that's that's the catchphrase. That's who they blame everything on now. Russia, Russia, Russia. Right. So we had a recent revelation and we all knew that that was crap. And, you know, those of us who've been paying attention, uh, particularly after contents of the laptop was leaked and Bobolinsky and others and got contents of the laptop. We knew that we knew that it was legit and it wasn't Russian disinformation. But people need to be held accountable for this, we now find out who was behind that phony letter. Secretary of State Blinken. It was his idea. We have a current Secretary of State who, in order to try to control the outcome of an election, got fifty-one election uh, in, quote intelligence officials to sign a letter to lie and use the weight of their titles as intelligent officials and a former CIA director to convince the American people of something that was a lie. Secretary Blinken should not should immediately when that revelation came out immediately been yanked out of his office. Now we find out that uh, just the news has has found an email exchange between two former CIA bosses, Michael Morell, uh, who told John Brennan in October of 2020 that he was organizing a letter of 51 intel experts claiming the emergence of the laptop was uh, Russian influence because he wanted to give Joe Biden's campaign, quote, a talking point to push back on Donald Trump during the debate in 2020. Brennan was CIA director under President Biden. John Brennan is a Marxist. I believe John Brennan actually converted to Islam as well. I can't, I don't remember that. I do remember that when I was with it in D.C. at, at, a, at a meeting with um, Mike Pompeo, that Brennan had gone to uh, ISNA, the Islamic Society of North America, which is pretty much a terrorist organization and, and part of the Muslim Brotherhood, I believe, who wants to uh, replace the, the Bible with the Quran. And he went to them and said, I'm here, not as the head of the CIA, but I'm here as your friend. You don't have anything to worry about with me. That's John Brennan. So after... Mike Morell tells Brennan, look, the purpose of this letter is to give some talking points to, to basically con- to lie and, and uh, control the outcome of the election. John Brennan says, good, quote, good initiative. Thanks for asking me to sign on. There was a few others that refused to. Um, uh, because, uh, and I quote, let me see who it was. I think it was Mike Rogers who had said that there was no evidence. He wasn't going to sign on to it because there was no evidence that, uh, that has anything to do with Russian collusion. Um, in, in another email, Mike Morrell says, trying to give the campaign, particularly during the debate on Thursday, a talking point to push back on Trump on this issue. Uh, the former CIA director Leon Panetta signed on for it. And former uh, Homeland Security Chief Jay Johnson signed on. Former uh, current Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco uh, and uh, former NSA Director Mike Rogers. Um, no, Mike Rogers did not. And of course, Joe Biden is exactly what he did in the debate, but he went on and referenced that... Um, trying to see where I've got the quote from the debate. I don't have it. But in the debate, it was like 51, you know, intelligence officials had come back and, you know, and, and said that this is this is Russian collusion information. And, you know, the American public ate it up. But m- most importantly, um, 
the left-leaning media did and continue to push this. These people should... I'm not familiar with this kind of criminal code, but this is treason. First of all, none of these people should have their intelligence clearance again. And second of all, they need to be prosecuted for attempting to influence an election. Did we not have a dude, young man, prosecuted who's looking at 10 years over a meme? Because he was influencing an election? How are these guys not in jail? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.